Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. Our prayer is that when you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. We want to make sure you know all about our new online campus. Visit thelifeonline.cc to find our brand new platform where you can find short messages on topics like prophecy, forgiveness, healing, and so much more. Each month, we release multiple new series for you to be able to grow in the knowledge of God and the Bible. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. You know, let's just all just open up our hearts tonight to just experience all that God wants us to experience. You know, the Holy Spirit can work so tailor-made in each one of our hearts. And I, I know that all throughout this place, we have different people who need different things. And uh, while we have some immensely talented, gifted, and anointed musicians and uh, singers, I, I, I could, even in, when I was walking up, I could hear the bass and I knew it was CC. And I'm like, we're in for a good time tonight. Like, I, we're in for a good time. Um, but, you know, with, with even all the middle of, of these things, uh, we're so thankful for these. Uh, but it does not replace the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the way that he works is surrender. Um, and whenever there is surrender spiritually, there is victory naturally. And I just want us to have a moment of surrender before we approach God's word and just ask uh, the Holy Spirit to speak directly to our hearts. Uh, give us the words that we need uh, to run our race and finish our course. So let's just take a moment. Let's open ourselves up tonight. Father, we love you and we thank you for the presence of your spirit. Father, you are the Lord and you are forever lifted high. And Father, I just thank you for each and every person who's in here tonight. That your Holy Spirit speaks directly to their heart. That Father, while people may be able to hear me talk, our prayer is, Father, that they hear you speak. Father, refresh our souls, enlarge your hearts, and give us the capacity to receive everything that we need. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen, amen. Turn to someone tonight. Welcome them to Sunday Night Church at our Pondron campus. And you can be seated. You know, I think we're going to have some fun with these Sunday night services. Any, anybody think we can have a little bit of fun on Sunday nights? Uh, we've already had a good day, had some good services today, and then the Celtics won. Come on, somebody. Any Celtics fans in the house? Uh, so, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're just, uh, it's a good day. And I'm excited about what God's doing here. We'll meet every single Sunday night at 6 p.m. right here in this room. Uh, and we're going to have good times. Um, there are so many people who, for, uh, for many, Sunday is not like the holy day it used to be. Uh, and we saw that when we did Saturday night services, that there were many who could join us on Saturday nights who could not join us on Sunday mornings. 
Uh, and I, I pray that while we have a lot of Word of Life members who may come from other campuses and, and kind of come into these places, that it also is a venue for those of you who may have to work on Sunday mornings or something like that to be able to have church uh, live and uh, get in the environment where God is moving. And our hearts is to, to make these services very simple. Uh, you know, it's, it's not going to have all the uh, production elements that some of our Sunday morning services may have, but that's done on purpose. We want something a little different. Uh, and I think this generation needs something a little different. Um, and amen. Uh, and uh, so out of that, we're just going to have fun exploring what this looks like. But I want to invite you to go on this journey with us. Um, and then for those of you, too, who come here and kind of feel a connection here, I would love to have you become a seed member here at our Fondren campus. Uh, and let's give it up for Word of Life Fondren. Come on, somebody. This is awesome. Uh, and what a seed member is, is someone who's coming from our other campuses to this um, to plant themselves here. And the Lord told us that this place would be a garden. And how many of you know every garden starts with a seed? Uh, and so out of that, uh, if you feel called to kind of like help us get this campus going and working, we would love to have you here with us. And if this is your first time here, uh, and, and maybe you come into the 6 p.m. service, the 6 p.m. service is going to be entirely different than the Sunday a.m. service. Uh, so different message, different worship set, like all those types of things. Uh, and so you can double dip every Sunday. Uh, you can come here on Sunday morning uh, and then come here on Sunday night, uh, and it'll be good. And then everyone else who's listening to this by podcast uh, and those who listen to this later, we have about anywhere between five to 8,000 downloads a week. Uh, from people who download the podcast. So if you're listening to this by podcast and you would like to help us uh, as a church and this has fed you spiritually and you want to do something for us naturally, you can go to our website, thelife.cc, um, and click give. And when you click give, go down to the Fondren campus. This is where this is being recorded. Uh, click give and give towards the Fondren campus. Um, and that's one of the things with all of our campuses, they're established. Well, this campus, we're getting it established. And one of the things that will help with that is offerings. Um, this uh, whole thing costs us about $1,000 a week uh, to kind of rent this. And, and so out of that, just a, a couple of people all saying, you know what, this is impacting me spiritually. I'd like to do something naturally. If we all came together, could make a significant difference. Uh, and so how these services are just going to work is, is basically uh, we're going to worship uh, and then we're going to just teach whatever's on our hearts. Uh, and then we'll go back into to song and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And then anything that God wants to do in these moments, we're just going to surrender it up to him and just allow him to have his spirit flow freely. Uh, but I had something in my heart, and I just want to share it with you uh, before we, we go into worship again. It's found in the book of Genesis. Uh, so let's go over to Genesis chapter 13 tonight. Uh, and we're going to look here in verse number 14. Genesis 13 and verse number 14. Uh, if you don't know where Genesis is, welcome to Christianity. We're glad to have you. Uh, it's the first book of the Bible. Uh, and uh, uh, join us on this journey. Genesis 13 and verse 14. It said, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Um, and look northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I will give it to you and your descendants forever. 
now lift up your eyes and everything that you see, I will be able to give you. Um, I was preparing for Mother's Day. Can we give it up for the moms once again? How many of you know we don't have to wait for Mother's Day to celebrate moms? I'm so thankful for all the moms in the room. And when I was preparing for Mother's Day, I just kept reading Proverbs 31, which is, you know, about the virtuous woman and, uh, you know, just kind of gleaming to see if there's anything out of that I could take and teach on Mother's Day. Uh, And I've been reading in the New American Standard Bible, and one of the things that helped me make this kind of shift to teach out of, as well as to study and read, is every morning, well, I say every morning, uh, about four mornings out of the week, I will wake up, and my daughter is already awake, and my son, I drag out of bed. My oldest son, uh, I drag out of bed and we go work out together. It's one of those things that if I could go back and if you are younger here, let me just help you. If there's anything I could go back and do differently in my twenties, it would put a greater emphasis on physical health. Um, there was so much emphasis growing up in my life, like on spiritual health and those types of things, uh, that oftentimes the things that got overlooked were my mental health and my physical health. And as I've aged, I'm 38 right now, but as I've aged, I have begun to pay attention to those things, that this is not just a spiritual race we're running, but how many of you know you're running your spiritual race in a physical body? Uh, And so out of that, um, trust me when I say, it gets harder as you age. I don't know if anyone has found this out, but it'll never be easier to get healthy than right now, no matter where now is for you right now. And so it's one of the gifts that I want to give my children is this gift of uh, physical health. And so we wake up and we go and we work out. Uh, and then we get back in the car and we go back. Now, when I was in India in March, love India, uh, go about every year. When I was in India, uh, you travel a lot by car uh, and car rides can be exceptionally long in India and very bumpy. And so you need something to pass the time. And the Indian pastors, one of the things that this group of pastors at least like to do was read scripture. Uh, to just open up uh, passages of scripture and everyone picks a chapter. You get to pick a chapter uh, and uh, just read it. And so I loved it. Like I genuinely loved it. Like I tried years ago, I don't know if any of you have done this, but I tried years ago to like listen to the Bible on tape and like on CD and that kind of thing. I don't know if any of you have tried this and I just couldn't get into it. Like for whatever reason, I'm like, this just didn't fit. But I loved hearing other people like come and read scripture together. And so what I, I kind of thought was, when I got back is for my kids, without them knowing it, I would have them read through the New Testament. Uh, And when we're in the car together, when it's just me and them, take out a chapter uh, and have them read it and read through first the epistles and then the the gospels uh, and then revelations. (laughs) We're going to save that one for last because it brings up a lot of interesting questions with the 13 year old. Uh, And so out of that, uh, I had them reading uh, like the King James and my son just could not get it like the these and the thou's and like all those things. Oh man, it was bad. Uh, and so I'm like, let me let me ch- let me check translations. Uh, and my favorite that I found, and the most accurate, which when you're reading the Bible, accuracy is important. Uh, and the most accurate to the Hebrew and Greek that that, that I found was the, the New American Standard Bible. And I was just reading Proverbs 31 in the New American Standard Bible and talking about this virtuous woman. And there's a line in there that says this, she smiles at her future. She smiles at her future. And I almost taught on that on Mother's Day. Uh, But 
in our hearts, whether you know it or not, is a picture of your future. And when you're walking with God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, whose language is the language of visions and dreams, and I, I don't mean that like in, a, uh, like in an over-spiritually way, although I believe in spiritual visions and dreams, but there are glimpses that come up in our hearts all the time about our children. We hear something about them, and a glimpse of their future will come up in our hearts, and we'll kind of see a flash or see an image. Uh, or uh, somebody's late, uh, maybe you, you're married and a spouse is late, an image will crop up. Are they in a car accident? Are, you know, all these types of things. And, and our minds will begin to take on pictures of the future of what may be out there. And a woman who's walking with God, it says that when she looks into her future, she sees something there. And when she sees it, there's a smile that comes up. Uh, all of heaven and earth is, is fighting for your heart. The Bible teaches us to guard our hearts, for out of it flow the issues of life. And I'm sure many of you have heard that passage of Scripture before. Guard your heart, because out of it flow the issues of life. When you, when you really study that out in the Hebrew, Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New Testament was written in Greek, most of it, uh, that, that out of that, this word issues means boundaries. Guard your heart, for out of your heart come the boundaries of your life. Your life will move no further than your heart. And God is working with his Holy Spirit to give you a vision of victory on the inside where you begin to see yourself overcoming something. You begin to see progress. You begin to see a hope and a dream of what life could be. You begin to see, like, I could be doing this, and I could be doing that, and there's a dream. I was reading the life of Joseph this week, just for fun, and one of the things that struck me is when he walks up uh, with his coat of many colors, uh, his brothers see, see him, and they, they, they describe him this way. They said, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Uh, and uh, I, I'm still wearing my circus shirt <laughs> today. Uh, if you weren't here for this morning's message, uh, just listen to the podcast, I guess. Uh, but out of this, it was a coat of many colors that was a, a sign of a loving father. And I think that this is big time spiritual significance is that when you're walking in the true love of the father, you know what you always have? A dream. Uh, there's something in you that is lifting up its eyes from where you're at and, and is seeing where you could be. Um, and I, I think so many of us, we live with our heads down. We're focused on the work we have to do tomorrow, the task we have to fulfill, um, the things we have to do, the people we have to meet, the places where the kids need to go. And so much uh, of the time we are maintaining today instead of envisioning tomorrow. Um, and the, the issue with this is, is the Bible teaches us um, that the power of vision um, is this power of creation. And that in order to see things be created naturally, they must first be created inwardly. And there's this war for this going on in your heart, this war for your dream. In fact, even in Joseph's story, when he comes up and they're like, let's, let, here comes this dreamer. One of the brothers speaks out and says, let's see what becomes of his dreams. 
And as soon as he says that, they plot a plan to not just take his life from him, but to take his dreams from him. And his life immediately goes into a series, like literal, a series and years of difficult events uh, that was designed to strip his dream from him. And I just had this like, like this burning desire to come here tonight. And when I say burning desire, I genuinely mean it like something on the inside of you. And to just simply ask you this question, what has become of your dreams what, what has become of the dreamer in you? Like, what, what has become of the dream that God has given you? Uh, and has something happened, a series of events, um, maybe it's some random things, but just something that has happened that has begun to strip that dream from your heart, um, where you're simply working so much on maintaining the present that it's been a long time since you, you have envisioned a future, uh, that this has become so real to you uh, that you can't see what God's been trying to let you see. Uh, that you, you're not seeing what could be with your life and where you want to go. I can remember when I first started in ministry uh, and uh, my father, even after he passed away, I was so like, as you, when you're young and some of you, you're about this age, but like in my early 20s, I was so expectant of like what my life would do and what my life would accomplish and what it could be. Um, there was a good friend of my father's and then later mine, his name was Michael Barenko, and he had designed kind of like this vision calendar uh, for the, our new building that my dad was building on Lakeland Drive. Uh, and out of that, like every month had a different, uh, you know, architectural rendering. And I can remember walking around Bible school and like showing all of the, the my friends, like this is what I'm going back to. Like this is what I'm going to build and this is what's going to happen. And like so expectant of like seeing God move and so excited and you, you start forecasting of like, I'll be married by this age and, you know, we'll have kids at this age and, you know, I'll be making this amount of money and we'll be going here, 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 all those types of things. And so like if people would have described me, they would have described me as a dreamer. But then my life went through a series of um, um, sifting. Um, Peter uh, had Jesus tell him, Satan desires to sift you. Uh, it's to separate the valuable part of you. And my, my life went through a series of tests and trials uh, and a series of like events that I did not see coming and pains that I did not forecast and things that I did not have written in my vision journal or are putting down in my, my prayer notes or any of those types of things. And as my life went through those things, I noticed that my dreams began to diminish. And I, I reached a place in my early 20s where I was not trying to create a life, but I was trying to survive and keep the life I had. And out of that, I noticed life kept getting worse. <laughs> and so finally, uh, in prayer one day, and thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and you'll, you'll hear me say this all the time uh, here at Word of Life, is when your heart is healthy, this is how you know you have a healthy heart, it is a dreaming heart. It is seeing what is next. It is looking at the horizon of time and seeing what could be. 
Um, and and I, I came through this place where that dream had been so sifted from me, I genuinely didn't know what I wanted. If you would have asked me then, it's like, for people to stop leaving the church, that's what I really want. Like, like it was just, I want to survive. Like, I want to know everything's going to be okay. And one day, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in a time of worship, just like we're trying to set up for you here tonight. In a time of worship, the Lord just spoke to my heart, and he said, stop thinking survival and start thinking increase. Begin to see what could be. And I didn't even know where to start. And so I just kind of like looked out over the sanctuary. At that time, we were on Highway 18 over by Metro Center. I just kind of looked out in the sanctuary. And I just began to try to see it full. Like we had a balcony, uh, a mezzanine. I just started trying to see people in the mezzanine. And, and it was a little bit easier for me because I had seen it that way once before when my father and mother were pastoring. I just began to try to see that. And almost every time I would see it, I would go and face something in the natural that would shift and sift that dream out of my heart. And I was not smiling at my future. In, in my future, there was nothing I would smile about. In, in my, my heart, um, you know, when I was looking at it, there were things that I was anxious about. There were things that I was nervous about. I could only see the problem. I couldn't see the answer. And my life was getting further and further away, not just from victory, but from the will of God. And the, the Lord had to work with me with this process of like taming this dream of getting in me a vision of victory. And I just sense for, for so many of you, this is exactly what is going on in your life right now is there is a war for your heart. There is this battle that is being won for the overall eyesight of your spiritual person. Uh, and God is trying to pull it back into imagining what could be, seeing what could be, picturing the goodness of God, going after what is before you. Like Paul said, this one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind me, I press towards what is in front of me. Uh, that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, there's this joy. When he looked at his future, he smiled. And, and I just want to ask you, like, are you there now? Are you at this place where, where you see um, uh, something on the horizon of time, and when you see it, you smile over it? Uh, throughout my life, I have worked on recapturing uh, the dream, and I'll go through seasons because I, I've noticed that whenever I get something truly in me, it is only a matter of time before it comes on me. Uh, and this is a spiritual principle that if something gets in you long enough and stay there, it's only a matter of time before what is in you comes on you, whether good or bad. Uh, because the future is not what lies before you. The future is what lies within you. Come on, church. The future, uh, it is not what lies before you. The future is not, you know, 2023 or 2024. We don't know what the future may hold. The future is not, what is in, not, is not what's in front of you. The future is what is within you. And God is trying to, to like get some things to you and get some things into your life. But until he can get it in you, he can't get it on you. Abraham, lift up your eyes from the place where you are and see what I want to show you. Because everything that you see, I will give it unto you. And my question is for you tonight is what do you see? And when you see it, are you smiling over it? So throughout my life, I, I've kind of been on this journey to see. 
And I'll come to these moments where I'll see it so clearly in my heart. And then in a couple of months, sometimes years, I'll see it like kind of manifest in my life. I'll see it come into the physical. Uh, But I've noticed before I've ever seen it in the physical, I saw it in my heart. Uh, And then life will come and it'll kind of beat you up a little bit and you'll face different kinds of tests and trials. And out of these types of things, I'll, I'll notice that I have to take intimate time with the Holy Spirit to kind of recapture what the whole, what God is trying to show me and build in my heart and to fight for that. And I, I just feel like so many of you are in a season where God is trying to like rebuild some vision in your heart. And if you'll press into the Holy Spirit, you'll kind of pick up these senses and pick up these things that he's trying to take you into. And he'll begin to kind of work something in you. Uh, And if you'll let that seed just sit there long enough, eventually what's in you will burst up out of you. Because in the kingdom of God, which it's, it's likened unto a seed many times throughout scripture, you see that the seed first must go in the ground, and then if it stays there long enough, it will come out of the ground. Uh, but you see that whenever the seed enters into the ground, it says the thief comes for that seed. And he'll bring tribulation, and he'll bring tests, and he'll bring trials, and crazy people, and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, that will come for your seed. And if he can get that out of your heart, he can get that out of your life. And I just want to ask you, like, what's, what's the Holy Spirit wanting to show you in this season? Uh, what dream have you let go of? I, I say this a lot, uh, but a leader sees what could be and is fueled by the conviction that it must be. Uh, And so years ago, I saw a Jackson church. In fact, if you were to go through my prayer journals, you would see Jackson campus. And always under it, it had Sunday p.m., Sunday night. Like whenever I'd pray, I would get this in my heart that we were supposed to do something like this in Jackson. I didn't know where. I didn't know when. I didn't know how. But all throughout my prayer journals, you see the Holy Spirit kind of bringing this up. Uh, And about two years ago, as I was going through my prayer journals, I saw this and I I just kept coming back to that. I'm like, Father, I know you've shown me that, but I don't see it. Um, I, I know that this is something you've talked to me about, but I don't see it in here. And so I kept going back to that and kept going back to that and kept going back to what God had shown me. And the more I allowed that seed to come in my heart, the more I began to see God lining things up to make this a reality. And now here we are, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. But long before this is ever something you are experiencing here, I was seeing it in here. Uh, In fact, I would have moments where intentionally around this time, I would get up and get active knowing that there will be a season in my life where Sunday at 6 p.m. I will need to get up and get active Uh, because I knew something like this was on the horizon of time. I was a possessor of this in here before we're possessing it out here. And and I just want you to to kind of like go back to some of those things that God has shown you and to pick up some of these dropped dreams and say, God, I'm going to pay attention to that. I'm going to war good warfare with that. I'm not going to be a forgetful hearer of that. That God, I am going to sit with these promises in prayer until I sit with these promises in life. And though the very vision tarries, I'm going to wait for it for in the appropriate time. It will not tarry. It will surely come forth in the earth. 
and, and these types of things are in each one of us where we're going to have these, these moments of these tests and trials that come to kind of strip this dream from us. Um, in the Old Testament, there's this story of Isaac, and, um, and we, we see Isaac be the offspring of, of Abraham and Sarah. But before there was Isaac, there was another child called Ishmael. And they craft a plan, and they come to this, you know, uh, really a crazy idea uh, for Abraham to be with Sarah's, um, you know, kind of employee. And this leads to them giving birth to a child. And it causes all kinds of tension in the house. And later when Isaac is born, it gets even worse. Uh, and so God comes, and he, he intervenes in this moment. And begins to kind of like move things in a different direction. And this scripture, and it's kind of an odd scripture for this, (laughs) for this teaching. But this scripture has been so big in my heart. And I just want to look at it together. Uh, It's right next door. We're in Genesis chapter 14. Uh, Let's just go right over to Genesis chapter 21. Uh, And we have this moment where, where Sarah is turning against Hagar. And she's casting Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. And what once before was like this great idea and like this vision of what could be that everybody's kind of excited about and everybody's kind of on the same page on and everyone's kind of picturing what could be uh, is now turning into a disaster. And it's, it's looking like this one moment where there was so much excitement and vision is now turning into something where there's so much pain and so much heartache And watch what Hagar does uh, here in Genesis chapter 21 in verse number 11. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because of his son. And God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the lad and your maid. Whatever Sarah tells you, listen to her. For through Isaac, your descendants shall be named. And the son of the maid, I will make a nation also because he is your descendant. So Abraham rose in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder. He gave her the boy and he sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness. And when the water and the skin was used up, she left the boy under one of the bushes. And she went and sat down opposite of him, about a bow shot away, for she said, do not let me see the boy die. And she sat opposite of him, and she lifted up her voice, and she wept. And God heard the lad crying. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, What is the matter with you, Hagar? Do not fear, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him by the hand, for I will make him a great nation." Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with the water and gave the lad a drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew, and he lived in the wilderness and became an archer. Uh, Here we have the story of a woman who has a dream of what life could be. And then everything in life goes the complete opposite direction. And she is sent on a journey into a wilderness, and the way that she is sent is completely unfair. The only thing she is given to survive is the bread she can carry on one shoulder and the water she can carry on another. And she's looking like she's in a season where she's got minimal provision for a maximum journey. 
And she comes to this place where she has literally run out of everything in the natural to sustain her and everything in the natural to sustain her dream. And I just sensed when I was reading this that some of you, you're in this place right now where resources have run low. And you have had this dream that you've kind of like gone after, but you've entered over into a wilderness type season. And in this wilderness type season, you've looked at your provision and then you've looked at your dream and realized these two things do not match up. Uh, and that right now, the, the vision that I used to have is not sustainable by the resources I have right now. And you're tempted to do the very thing that Hagar did in this moment. She comes and she takes this child and she lays him behind a bush, you know, because she's in the desert. She lays him over in the shade of a bush and she walks a bow shot away. So however far you could launch a bow and arrow from a, um, you know, or an arrow from a bow. Uh, and she goes about that far. Uh, which is ironic because later this boy becomes an archer. Uh, she goes about that far and she sits down, turns her back, turns her back away from her dream. And there is something she knows God has told her would be in her life. There is something she knows that at one time in her life she was excited about, she was passionate about, she was dreaming of what could be, what would be. And when she looked into her future, she smiled because she could see it. She could see the victory. She could see the promise. She could see God working. She could see God moving. When she looked at her future, she had a future that she could smile over. But when she got to the end of her natural resources and her water ran out and her food ran out, she lays her dream and her child underneath a bush and she turns away from her dream and turns her back on it. And she has made up this moment that I don't want to even see this dream die. I don't want to see the child die. I don't want to see this thing end. But there's no choice. Like the dream is over. The resources are out. It looks like it will never happen. But the whole time she is crying about a dream going unfulfilled, guess what her dream is doing? Her dream is crying out. And the whole time she is giving up on that dream, that dream is crying out. And this is why I love this passage of scripture so much. Because when God came to Hagar, he didn't say, I heard you cry. He said, I heard your child cry and I have come for the, ch the cry of your child. And I, I'm telling you, for so many of you, you have turned your back on a dream and you used to be so excited about it and you used to be so passionate about it and you used to be so expectant, like life's going to be amazing and God's going to break through and we're going to see some great things. But you got a, a hard time. You entered into a wilderness. Your natural resources ran out. You turned your back on the dream. You're crying over a dream that's going unfulfilled. But I, I came all the way to Vondren here tonight to tell you why you may be crying over a dream going unfulfilled. Your dream is crying out to God. Because I have said this for over 20 years of pastoring. I'm telling you there are two things in life that will never leave you or forsake you. You will have people leave you. You will have family sometimes leave you. You, you will have situations and jobs forsake you. You will have people that you thought you could count on. You can't count on. You'll have resources that you thought you'd have forever. And they, they vanish and they evaporate. You have all these things that you may have in your life. But there are two things that will never leave you nor forsake you. It is your heavenly father. 
And it is the thing in life He has called you to. And I feel for so many of you, your dream, it is crying out tonight of what God can do with your life, of what God wants to do in your life, of what God wants to do through your family, what God wants to do in your ministry, what God wants to do in your business, what God wants to do through your children, what God wants to do through you. And I want to encourage you, God is saying, will you see that again? Will you fight for that again? Will you pick up that drop dream? Will you come to this place where you believe uh, to see the goodness of God. And I love this passage of scripture so much because when she makes a decision to go pick up this drop dream, God speaks to her. He's like, why are you so upset? Hagar, why are you so upset? He said, open up your eyes. And when she opens up her eyes, she sees a well of provision and a well of water that she had never seen before. It was always right there. It was always something God had prepared for her. It was always something God made ready for her. It was absolutely in the wilderness. But how many of you know in a wilderness, God can bring provision. God can bring breakthrough. God can do the miraculous. It was right there in the middle of a wilderness. And when she looked up, wiped away the tears, there was provision in the wilderness. And I just sense for so many of you, if you will get that dream back and you will fight for that dream and you will pick up that drop dream and you'll pray out that dream and you'll go to war with that dream and you'll stand up with that dream and you'll wipe away the tears from your eyes and see that dream again, that you will see you are closer to provision for that dream than you ever possibly could imagine that God will make a way right in the wilderness. And God will move whatever mountain stands before you. But you've got to pick up that drop dream. You've got to make a decision to dream again. Over the past, I'll close with this. Over the past uh, two years, I've gone through another one of these seasons uh, of, um, I I won't say discouragement, uh, but a season of testing. Uh, And it's been this mixture of harvest with testing all at the same time. I've gone through wilderness um, and then seen power. um, And then I've gone through power and then that ended and saw wilderness. But like this has been a season of wilderness and power at the same time. Uh, We've opened up multiple campuses over the the period of COVID. But in the, the, the middle of all these things, like everybody... Uh, what's going on in our nation, and then uh, what's going on in people's lives, and all these other types of things. I have felt the enemy come for my dreams of, of what could be in the earth. And I, I just sensed as if God this year was calling me to like prayer. And I, I really just began to sense like an intimacy that God wanted to have with me. Um, and I, I, I know at all the, the, the times and, you know, without going into detail, the only way for something new to be birthed is for intimacy. Um, and so I knew he was calling to me this place of intimacy and calling me to this place of prayer because he wanted to birth something in me, something that I could see again. Um, and um, about a year ago, I, I went through something that was just a combination of a lot of different things. And um, one of which was my, my brother-in-law uh, is moving to Portland, Oregon. And it's my, uh, one of my closest friends, but he was also our executive pastor. And so when, when he kind of shifted out of that role, I took on a lot of his work. 
Um, and uh, out of that, it was just very taxing. But I don't know if you've ever tried to like tell yourself you have it. Uh, like, I got it. Uh, but in the middle of like you got gotting it, you know, like I'm running out of bread and water, <laughs> you know, and like the rations are getting low. Um, and I walked by his office one day that I had kept empty and I hadn't filled it. And I, I told the Lord, I'm like, something is wrong with me. And what I actually said was, I'm not well. I said, I'm bleeding out on the inside. And I don't know if some of you have been there. Uh, but uh, where you just knew that and, and had that honesty. I'm like, in, in, on the inside, I, I don't see what I need to be seeing. There's not like this vision of victory. I'm, I'm hurt and I'm wounded. And you don't have to be afraid of those places uh, because uh, the Lord is near to a contrite heart and he's near to a heart that is open and uh, near to a heart that's, you know, in those places. And that's all I said. And then I walked away. And the next morning I woke up and the Lord, uh, you know, showed me through a, a sunrise. He said, I'm a God of sunrises and sunsets. And he said, a day is setting. Uh, but you don't have to mourn over that. A sunset can be beautiful. The end of something can be beautiful. And some of you may be, in fact, I don't believe, I believe just prophetically, we're in a season where there's so much ending and it doesn't have to be painful because sometimes sunsets can be the most beautiful thing in your life if you're willing to let it go. But if you're, you're mourning over the sun that is, is being lost, you will not see the sun that is rising. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, you like sunsets, don't you? I'm like, I do. And he's like, you like sunrises, don't you? I'm like, I do. And he said, Joel, life is a collection of sunsets and sunrises. Enjoy the sun when it's setting and you have a season of ministry that is setting, but a new sun and a new day is rising. Um, and when I was praying over this year, back in December, the Lord spoke uh, to me in prayer in Colombia, And he said, there's a new day that is dawning upon the earth. And he said, for the first part of 2022, it'll look like the same night as the last year and as the last day. Because every new day starts uh, in darkness. Uh, when tomorrow starts, it'll start at 12 a.m., which is the darkest part of the day. And some of you may be in like a really dark season right now, but just because you're in a dark season, it does not mean it's not a new day. Uh, and out of this, as you progress, if you will progress in God, you will move more progressively towards the light and not away from it. And there's a new day that is beginning and a new day that is dawning on the horizon of time. And the Lord said, by the, by the end of this year, and I believe this for so many of you, by the end of this year, you will be walking in the brightest day you have ever had. The brightest season, the best season you have ever been in. But I said all of that to say this. On Monday, I was taking a walk. Uh, and uh, just enjoying God. I'm trying to have Monday as like a Sabbath of just a, a time of rest. Uh, and it's something that honestly for 20 years of ministry, I, I, I have not learned. Um, like I said, mental health and physical health was not something that um, I, don't, I won't say was taught, uh, but it was not something that I was around. My father died at 44. He was a pastor. My uncle died at 56. He was a pastor. 
Um, and I, I, I saw so much emphasis on spiritual things that I, I didn't learn how to like take care of myself mentally or physically. And as I've aged, I, I've learned the value of rest, that tired eyes very seldom see a bright future. Um, and the Lord's been teaching me the power of Sabbath and the, to- the power of rest. And so Mondays have kind of been that time uh, that I've just made a decision of like, I'm not going to work. I'm going to turn off my phone. My wife is helping me hold, uh, hold myself accountable to that. Uh, and I'll just kind of have a moment of Sabbath and worship. And a big part of that for me is walking. I have found that I rest through movement. I get very, very bored when I sit. Uh, and that stresses me out. <laughs> so I rest well through movement. I'm thinking about golf. We'll see. Uh, so, but just, you know, I rest in movement. And so, but right now it's walking and I was out for a walk and just with the Lord and just talking to him and just in intimacy with him. And while I was walking, I just felt the Lord uh, kind of put an example in my heart. So oftentimes, like, in fact, that morning when I was with my wife, Um, She asked me, she's like, so what do you want to do today? And she asked me that question and it's like, well, I think I'm going to go for a walk and I think I'll go do this and like all these types of things. What is that? That's seeing the future. So you see the future all the time. This and that and this and that. And I'm seeing these things. I'm seeing what could be and believing it must be. Thank you, Lord. I said that quote earlier. I didn't finish it. A leader sees what could be, but they believe that it must be. And when you're under attack spiritually, the first thing you lose is your must. We could, but we don't have to. You know, we don't have to. I'll just settle for this. It's fine. You know, well, we could go after that, but you know, we don't have to. And whereas before, it's like so excited of like, we could do this and we could do that. And and it's fueled by this like, I must do it. Uh, But when you're under attack spiritually, all the must is gone and you're left with only the could. Well, maybe, maybe. And so my wife was asked, what do you want to do today? And I began right there just to kind of see the future. You do it all the time. I'm like, I'll do this and around this. And I think I'll do this. And I'm out here walking with the Lord. And the the Lord just kind of dealt with my heart. He said, what did I tell you about this year? I said, Father, you told me it'd be a new day. And he asked me this question. He said, Joel, what do you want to do today? He said, I want you to sit down today and I want you to write what you want to do in this new day. I want you to pull out some of the old dreams that you had. I want you to write those things down. I want you to spend time dreaming and fellowshipping about where you'll be in five years and where you'll be in 10 years and where where you'll be in 20 years and, and, and write all these things down. And you know what I began to see? I began to write down uh, a lot in this journal, actually. Um, the Lord it gave me a color for this year. I know it's weird. Uh, I've never had this happen before, but I really felt like green. Like I've just been all about green. Uh, and I think it's because of the garden uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, but out of this, um, I have in it um, my prayers. And I just opened up the, the back of it and just started writing down a dream. And here's what I began to see as I began to write down what I want to do today. And, and spiritually speaking, as I began to write down that dream, there are some things in my heart, I'm already the possessor of those things. 
And this is the key to all faith and mastery. Uh, There are some things none of you see yet, but I have them. I have them in here. Um, uh, For our campus at Highland Colony, I see it already done. I see the stone. I see it painted. It's already done. It's done. It's completed. And by the end of the year, you'll see in your eyes, with your eyes, what I see in my heart. I see Lakeland paid for. I see it. I have it. I have it. It's done. It's only a matter of time. Though the visionaries wait, I have it. It's mine. I know it. There are other things, though, that I I know God wants me to see that I don't see. I don't know exactly where this will go. I, I don't know, like, if there's a building around here. I have glimpses and I have other types of things, but I don't know exactly where the end of this is. I need more time with intimacy with the Father to see it. I know that one day we're going to have a Bible training center and an internship program and like all these things. I know these things, but I don't see it. Um, Like I, I see it, but I don't have it. I don't see it and know it's mine. And according to Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, you have to believe that you receive those things when you pray and then you will have them. There's some things I'm praying for, but I know in my heart, if I'm being honest, I'm not a possessor of those things before I'm a possessor of those things. And I just sense so strongly, like so many of you, you're in this place of contention where you need to dwell with your dreams and go back to some of those drop dreams and go back to some of those things you let go of and go back to some of those hopes and prayer journals. And you need to get in them again until the Holy Spirit lets you see the things you need to be a possessor of. And for some of you, it could be a physical miracle. For some of you, it could be a relational miracle. For some of you, it could be a financial miracle or a ministry miracle. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, God is saying, will you go back and pick up that drop dream that is crying out? Will you go back and pick up that thing that is not uh, dead yet, but is crying out to me? Will you pick it up? Because if you will open up your eyes, you are closer to provision for that dream than you ever possibly could have imagined. There's a well of my goodness right in front of you, Hagar, if you will just pick up that drop dream and surrender it to me. Uh, And I want to encourage you to go after that. So let's have a a, a moment tonight before we leave uh, of just opening up our hearts and saying, Holy Spirit, like if there's something you need to show me, show me. If there's something you need to speak to me, speak to me. If there's something you need to guide me in, guide me in. Uh, But let's just open up our hearts to the giver of dreams. Let's open up our hearts to the movement of the Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, church, all over this place. We'll sing. Father, we come before you tonight and we just thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that it is a new day for us, Lord. It is a new day for for individuals here, for mothers, for fathers, for sons and daughters. It is a new day, a new dream, a new plan, a new season. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just sense in my heart for so many of you, the vision has tarried. And there were things that you were excited about, but the passage of time just shifted and took that dream from your heart. 
And I just sense that like, though it tarried, pick that dream back up. For it was for an appointed time. And in that time, when it dawns, it will not tarry. It will surely come to pass. So pick up that dream. Pick up that desire again. Sit down and plan and pray. Sit down and let your heart wander. Let the Lord lift up your eyes from the place where you're at. Let Him give you a hope and a future and a vision and a dream. We love you, Lord. And so, Father, we just surrender our lives over into your hands. We just let go of everything behind us. We let go of every disappointment. We let go of every heartache. We let go of every pain. We let go of every disappointment. Father, I just thank you for so many. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new day. The things that are past, they're passed away. We're not going to look at them any longer. We're not going to worry about them any longer. It's over and it's done. It's a brand new day. (laughs) And we thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, real quick in here. Um, Maybe you're here tonight and you say, "I'm, I'm ready for a new day. I'm ready for a new start. And for some of you, maybe that is something spiritually. For others of you, it could be just picking up that drop dream. But right now, let's just surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus. Just let go of the past and commit ourselves to be dreamers again. And so if you desire to do this, let's just pray together. You can repeat after me if you want to. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, the past, it is over. The disappointments of yesterday are over. All the things that have sought to weigh me down and slow me down, I release those things right now. I refuse to give myself and my heart to the pains of my past or for the longings of the past. I let those things go. And I say today, my eyes are fixed towards the future. I'm lifting up my eyes from the place where I am at. And Father, I'm seeing where you're going to take me and what you're going to do. I thank you, Father. No longer will I focus on survival. But Father, I thank you. I'm a dreamer again. I'm excited again. I've got an expectation in my heart again. I'm going to give myself to my future again. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that my best days, they are not behind me. My best days are out in front of me, and they are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen.